Welcome to the On Your Marks podcast, and I'm your host, Matthew Wood from GW Active. This is the podcast where we chat to the founders, leaders, and innovators behind the brands that inspire you to get on your starting blocks. The world of sport is competitive by nature, and a business that underpins it often has an interesting story behind it. And with this podcast, we aim to get an insight into those that drive it forward. On this episode of the On Your Marks podcast, I chat to Nikki, the co-founder of Flancy. Nikki is a passionate runner with over 100 marathons and ultra marathons under her belt. Nikki qualified as a nurse and a midwife and has worked in pharmaceutical sales for the last 20 years. Her co-founder Alf too worked in sales and management for a large corporation. Flancy, an anagram of Nick and Alf, the two co-founders, was developed as a comfortable, functional, affordable brand with fun and funky, colourful patterns. You'll be able to hear from this conversation that Nikki is extremely passionate about her brand and the energy she brings is infectious. This conversation will be interesting to anyone wanting to learn about how the startup process works and for anyone considering quitting the corporate life for self-employment. We started the conversation by asking Nikki about her younger years. I was born in Cyprus because um, my folks were Air Force and um, they came back to the UK when I was about three and couldn't settle here. So they then moved to Southern Africa. So I was actually brought up in a country called Swaziland, which is a tiny little country squashed between Mozambique and South Africa. So I did all my primary school there, then went to boarding school in South Africa. And I went to nursing college in Peter Maritzburg, South Africa, and worked in Joburg as a nurse. Um, and then my best friend and I decided we were sick of working, we wanted to go traveling. So we um, came over to Greece by ship, and then we hitchhiked all over Europe, ran out of money, <laughs> ended up here got a job you know just bar work the usual stuff and um, I ended up meeting a fella boyfriend and went back to South Africa on holiday and my dad and my stepmom were both big runners and um, my stepmother was running a marathon for the weekend and I just happened to say off the cuff to my dad oh I bet I could run a marathon and he said I bet you a hundred rand a hundred pounds you couldn't for a hundred rand and I thought well I better start running then having never run at all apart from at school which was compulsory so I bought some running shoes, entered the London Marathon and did it within a year. And um, yeah, just went on from there, really. Just kept up the running on and off over the years. Um, always was hunting out colourful activewear. I didn't like everything's boring and black. But um, I worked in, went and worked in America as a nurse, uh, went around Europe again, hitchhiking for quite a long time. Um, hitchhiked and bought an old banger in America and camped all over the country there. Uh, and then one day I saw a documentary on the Marathon de Sables on telly and thought, ooh, now that looks like a good challenge. So I probably on the Monday morning got hold of the Marathon de Sables people and I went on their waiting list and did the race, I think, three years later. Um, this is quite a long waiting list for that. And um, while I was sort of building up the training for the MDS, that's when I really started running properly. And we're sort of doing 16, 17 marathons a year and got into trail running as opposed to roads. Much prefer trail now. And um, still, was still a bit of an adventurer. Uh, went and climbed Kilimanjaro, went to Patagonia and did a big run over there, ran the Inca Trail. Uh, loads of races all over the world. Comrades Ultra Marathon in South Africa I did four times. Um, and... Oh, crack, I'm trying to timelines. Yeah, a few years ago, someone said to me, have you ever thought about joining the 100 Marathon Club? And I was like, no, I have no idea how many marathons I've done. So I thought, well, I'll have a look. And I, I think I've done about 82 
of which majority were ultras um, and trail runs. So I thought, well, may as well get to 100 then. Um, and in the meantime, I'd always said that if ever I had any money, I was going to start a brand with, that did colourful activewear because it's just too expensive to buy it abroad. And um, didn't have enough money because it's quite expensive to start launching a brand. Anyway, um, we inherited some money. My um, husband's parents died. And um, we decided, should we do it? Should we not? So we decided to jump in and we found a UK-based sportswear designer who designed the body of the products. And a friend of mine is an artist from Somerset. So she does all our patterns. So they're all completely unique to us. And it took about a year, I think, from actually meeting the sportswear designer to launching. It doesn't happen overnight. And it's not just whipping off to China and buying a cheap off the peg product. It doesn't work like that. It's a lot of investment, a lot of research. Uh, it's hard work, quite stressful. So but in the meantime, so I jump around a bit. Um, the 100 Marathon Club, I eventually did my 100th marathon at the Giants Head Marathon down in Dorset, which was a trail. And a couple of months later, I had an email saying that um, I was the women's UK record holder for joining the London the 100 Marathon Club. And that was based on the number of miles you'd actually run. You know, so the minimum you can do is 100 marathons at 26.2, so 2,620 miles or whatever. And I think I'd done about 3,800 miles. So I was a woman's record holder. And they found out because another lady had written in and said she thought she was the record holder. So they went through all the records and found out that actually I was. I think I'd beaten her by about 200 miles. So I don't think she was very happy with me. <laughs> and I, I believe that record still stands because of COVID. There's been no races, official races. So, you know. That's that little claim to fame there. Yeah. But um, yeah, so anyway, that was that was two years ago and it sort of coincided just after we launched um, Flancy. Flancy is an anagram of my name and my husband's name, so Nick and Alf, and it's in the Urban Dictionary meaning better than fancy, but not better than fabulous. And the example they use is look at me in my Flancy pants. So it all seemed to fit in quite well. So that's how we got the name. So some people call it Flanky. Oh, God forbid. <laughs> but it's Flancy as in fancy. Um, yeah, that's a bit about me. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's fantastic. You've got, you've got a fantastic story. And especially like the amount of traveling around and different things that you tried over the years. That's kind of helped shape you to who you are now. And I suppose the driving force was your interest in running before you got started. And, and that was the reason why you started this brand in the first place. But if, if you go back to your younger years, did you ever, I know you said you kind of had to do it at school, but did you ever think that you would be like a world record holder at this point now? Did you ever plan for that? Or was it just off your emotions and what you felt like in the moment is why you did these races? At school, I absolutely hated running. In South Africa, um, I was in the boarding school because my parents lived in Swaziland. So we had to go to school across the border. And um, the only reason I did running cross-country running at school was to get out of hostel because I absolutely hated the boarding side but my best well my best friend at the time and I um we used to go to these cross-country events and uh, literally walk the whole thing and then come in flat last moaning and groaning but it got us away from the hostel for a few hours I absolutely hated it and I could never ever see myself running and in fact where I did my nursing training in South Africa was this one year the start and one year the finish line of the Comrades Ultramarathon which is one of the biggest road ultras in the country and I had absolutely no interest in him whatsoever. I never went down to the start line, never went to the finish line. I just couldn't be bothered with any of it. I didn't dream I'd ever, ever run a marathon until my dad waved the gauntlet at me. And I am one that I 
just love a challenge. So if someone says, but you can't do this, I'll go, I bet I can and I'll have a go. Hmm. Um, and so that was how the running started. It was purely just, you know, but you can't, I'll, I'll show you, but I can. <laughs> and, and the business side of things as well. So when, when you kind of started Fancy and, and how you came out of um, your different roles and jobs over the years, what, what, what was it that you think, you think uh, motivated you to do that, apart from the fact that you wanted to offer or find clothing that you couldn't, couldn't get? Was, it, was there something innate within you? Were you always interested in business or was it someone that you worked with that kind of spurred that? So I worked in, I've, I've worked, at, obviously I'm a trained nurse and I'm a trained midwife as well. Sorry, the dog's playing. Shut up. <laughs> I can see it. I'm looking at, I'm looking at you on my screen, but the camera's there. So I'm going to try and move it around. So I look like I'm looking at you. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, thank you. Um, so yeah, I, um, I got fed up with nursing. Uh, so I got fed up with working every night, all night duties and weekends. So I actually went into the pharmaceutical industry as a pharmaceutical sales rep which is and really enjoyed it um quite high pressured but good salary company car you know lots of international travel again but you know you get you get to a point where you don't want to work for anybody else you want to work for yourself and um the seeds i'd always fancied doing something in funky clothing yeah that sort of was there i didn't think it would actually ever happen but my sister, um, she invited me to a business event. Um, she was doing network, um, networking sales or something. And she invited me to a business event and I went along and they basically were saying, you know, if you've got a dream, go for it. And, um, you, know, you know, otherwise you'll just die with your dreams. So I came home and spoke to Ab about it. And you know, then we eventually inherited the money and we thought, yeah, let's just go for it and give it a whirl. But it was really because of, um, a seed that was there that we never ever thought would grow into anything but going to this event you know you can do it if you put your mind to it it's interesting so, how you've gone from uh, what i imagine is a high paying job in pharmaceutical sales to then doing your own thing how was that transition was that hard no <laughs> <laughs> um we i did both alongside each other for about a year to 18 months but as we launched we launched the business at the national running show in january 2019 and I didn't give up my proper day job until November 29, yeah, 2019, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah that, that same year. So it was almost a full year of working the two alongside. But the business was getting busier and busier and busier and was becoming more and more demanding. And it was just becoming untenable trying to work for a big corporate company and do your own thing. And um, we'd always planned that I would give up the day job within, hopefully, within two years. But we didn't expect it to be within a year. Um, it was scary. Um, so obviously I was used to a good salary, obviously we're mortgaged, we've got, you know, vehicles to run. And it was really, really scary. But once we decided that's what I was going to do, we just, we just went for it. And um, I don't miss the money at all because when you're working for yourself, you know, I don't, didn't have to buy the work suits. I'm not putting petrol in the car every five minutes. And I suppose with lockdown, you've got nothing to spend your money on. So yeah, I actually missed that side of it at all. But the quality of life is fantastic. You know, I can get out of bed wherever I want, which is usually earlier than I normally would. Um, probably work a lot harder than I did in corporate, but because you're doing it for yourself, it's so much more rewarding and you, you are more motivated to work hard and you do work hard. So you, you've got a business partner and your business partner is your, your, your partner as well, your husband. Uh, so like, is, is his background a business side of things or is, is, are you both kind of new to it entrepreneurs? No, he, um, he, he was a manager 
for a, in the building industry, an area manager in the building industry. So he's got management skills, um, obviously worked with the sales force, uh, but very much office based. Um, so, but not entrepreneurial at all. Not an entrepreneurial bone in either of our bodies until this. <laughs> and do you both find that you have complementary skill sets in terms of a working environment or are you kind of pretty much the same? Absolutely not. I'm the one that speaks to people likes all the fluffy stuff, going out running, showing it off, chatting to people. Um, I can't stand the computer side. So that's his job, is all the boring, dealing with um, the finances, accountants, sorting out bills, ordering, logistics, logistics all the yeah. stuff that I absolutely hate. <laughs> I, I don't do maths, computers or anything like that. I'm more get out there and the fun side, I call it. <laughs> I imagine he might call the other stuff at the fun side as well and the stuff that you're doing is something he might hate but no it's, it's, it's interesting how you, you've got kind of complementary skill sets and yeah. starting a business from the conversation I've had so far that's kind of something that um, happens a lot if you don't have someone that's opposite to you you kind of hire a person that is opposite to you to try and fit in the gaps yeah uh, as you as you've grown the brand and I know you're kind of relatively new because it's 2019 when you went full-time what did you notice the, the shift from working and doing the brand at the same time to then going full-time in it? Did, I know you already mentioned you get up earlier than you normally do and you work a lot harder than you normally do. But like, what, what, have, you, what have you noticed in terms of the output and, and what you can do with the brand with more time? I think um, with more time, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to know my customers more because I've made myself a lot more available, whereas before... Um, Jan, who is our designer, she tends to run all the social media, but I'm much more active on there now, much more um, customer focused, um, got more time to do projects. So we've got a, a couple of collaborations or several collaborations with other companies going on, which I've been able to get involved with before, but just didn't have the time to do anything. Um, making it more, uh, I suppose, more personal. People are getting to know us who, as people who own a brand as opposed to this great big company that is completely faceless because we are putting ourselves out where out there do a lot more events pre-covid obviously um getting to know people that way as well but i think it's just we've we've become more of a, a face to a company as opposed to playing around it used to be a bit of a hobby and it's it's a lot more serious now as well no that, that's interesting and like obviously if you're trying to grow the brand into, into a kind of a lifestyle business in terms of you actually enjoy the races. You obviously do enjoy the races and doing the actual running yourself and going to the events and that sort of thing. But do, do you think your next step is to kind of double down on that and, and keep it as a lifestyle business and keep it as something you enjoy? Or do you want to grow it to um, be something where you hire people to run the various elements of the business? Yeah, we, we do. We want to work on our business instead of in it. I mean, so at the moment, you know, during the day, I'm sitting there packing parcels and out doing the post. And uh, that's a waste of our time. You know, I'd rather be out there talking to people and growing the business and getting people, you know, bored housewives or retired people in to come and pack parcels. No, we want to, we want to grow it. We want to grow it as big as we possibly can, but still maintain that personal touch. And that's where I need to focus my time with people and not packing parcels and things like that. No, it kind of sounds like you've got an idea of where you want to go with it. And that's kind of my next question. Like, where do you, where do you see the brand going in the next, say, two or three years? Um, where do I see it going? What I'd like is for, you know, if you go to an event, I want you say, you know, oh, I like your pants, where they're from. They're Flancy. Oh, I've heard of Flancy. I want people to actually have heard of the brand. And, you know, I'd like to go to things like Parkrun and that and see at least 
30% of people wearing colour instead of 10% of people wearing colour, preferably our colour as well. <laughs> yeah, I, wanted to, I wanted it to be pretty much a household, not a household name, but a brand in the running you know, thing that people have heard of in the UK. So is your motivation to make sure everyone wears a pair of flancy pants or is it to kind of add more colour to the running, in, the running market, I suppose? Because there's two separate things really, aren't they? I'd be a bit greedy to say we want them all to wear flancy pants. <laughs> there are other... There are other colourful brands out there, um, you know, really good ones and ones that are not so good. But I think there's a place for all of them. Um, I think it'd be very greedy to say everyone must wear flancy because we're not everyone's cup of tea. Um, we have a very um, recognisable, our patterns are very recognisable because of Jan, who does our patterns for us, but not, not for everyone. But I'd rather see lots of people in colour, lots wearing flancy, than everyone wearing black. I mean, crikey, life's too short. So <laughs> I know, as you sit there with your black. <laughs> yeah, you, you just make sure you go to a park run. You never ever hear anyone say to anyone wearing black leggings, oh, I love your leggings, do you? They just don't. If you're wearing something really colourful and cheerful, people go, wow, I love your leggings. No, it's a good point. It's a good point. And like one of the things I wanted to get out of these conversations is kind of ways in which you get the brand out there. And you've already mentioned that events are for you, something that you like going to yourself. So you go into them and promoting the brand and seeing people there wearing them is great. But what other than this is kind of a question that could help someone else. What are the tools have you used? And you have started in 20, uh, 2017, but 2019, when you started really pushing it. So you are kind of in the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook era, but what are they those tools you use or are you using other tools that people can look at and employ? The main one that we used and certainly the, pretty much the only one we'd started with was Facebook and it was all word of mouth. Um, yeah, it's, it's Facebook. I mean, I don't really get Twitter at all. We have got a Twitter account. I don't know how, I don't know how much of a following we've got on there. Instagram is another one that we introduced after Facebook, which seems to be really driving business. I don't get it again. I leave it all up to Jan. She does all the social media. It's you know, sitting behind a computer and a phone, which I don't like. <laughs> um, and we've found that paid advertising is a complete waste of money. Um, we tried it in a couple of um, newspapers in the health pages. Complete waste of money. Wouldn't, wouldn't go down that route at all. Um, it's being present at events, really, getting your stuff getting people to be able to hold it see it try it on and meet you as the face of the brand that's what's worked best for us and facebook as well we've got a community group on there and um, people will buy our stuff join the community group and then they share photographs of them wearing our stuff and have big conflabs about it and that's really really been brilliant for us so yeah it's not having to spend huge amounts although events are expensive you know virgin london marathon to exhibit there we're looking at three and a half grand just for your space and then on top of that, you've got to get your transport there. It's all the parking, it's your accommodation, it's your food. It's, it's expensive, but they're worth doing if you've got the money. We, that's where we chose to invest our money was things like um, London Marathon, Runfest, another one, really good event for us, but they don't come cheap because you've got to take staff with you as well. And they would expect you to pay for them to stay there, transport them there, transport them home, feed them. But um, we don't make money at those events. We probably break even but it certainly gets your brand out there. And when people order from us now, we often say to them, how did you find out about us? Because we don't do paid advertising. And it's either recommendations by Facebook or Instagram, or we saw you at an event. And they're the, they're the biggest things. And that's where we will be investing our money again in the future. 
I, su I suppose the actual nature of your product is that it's so loud that people can't miss it. And then that kind of creates that word of mouth, uh, which is a fantastic thing. And I'm not sure how another business could replicate that style of doing things because most, like you said, most clothing is kind of black and white yeah. and a bit more bland. So you kind of, you've built into your product uh, kind of a marketing tool, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So going on to um, how you kind of structure your days, I know you said you're waking up earlier than before, but in terms of a working week for someone working on a, on a product brand like yourselves, can you give us, give us an insight into how that plays out? Um, like what time will you wake up? Uh, when do you do your exercise? Because obviously you do a lot of running. Um, how do you structure your days in terms of um, talking to customers or working on the, the business itself? So get up any time. I think the earliest I've got up is four. And then I've done four and a half hours work before breakfast. That was unusual. It was just, you. we have sleepless nights. I mean, um, I didn't think I'd have so little sleep and so much worry that keeps you awake at night. So sometimes you just have to get up, write it down and do some work just to clear your head. But we try and be up between, I don't know, seven, 7.30. Um, I usually get straight up and um, print off all the day's orders, go through them all, um, start running through emails and that, um, have breakfast, and then we go down to the office because we've now got business premises away from home. We had a log cabin built in our garden here, which we moved out of in August because it was just becoming untenable trying to work out of your garden and um, running down to a storage container every five minutes to restock. So we invest in business premises. They're only about four or five miles away. So we've got a great big warehouse with a big office, um, which is great. So we go down there and what's nice is we're going to work as well. So we can try and leave home at home. Um, and then we get down there and it's usually picking all, picking all the, um, part, the orders for the day, packing them, posting them, or processing all that. On the Monday, we always have help because after a weekend, it's just too busy. And um, when we've got sales now and that, we often get a couple of people in to help us pick and pack because we just can't, can't manage, although it's been difficult with COVID because of the restrictions. Yeah. Um, probably a lot of time is spent doing stock taking, ordering, uh, working with Jan on new designs. Um, social media takes quite a long time because now that I've become a face of Flancy, people are always emailing me via Facebook Messenger and email and God, I can't keep up with all these things that they get hold of me through. It's ridiculous. Um, doing calls like this, we do quite a few of these. Um, dealing with people who are organizing shows, blah, blah, blah. We try and get home about between four and five. And then it's usually, I've got a, an online coach, a running coach. So a week in advance, he sets me my tasks, whether it's on the stationary bike, walking, running, uh, PE stuff. So I tend to do that then. Um, once a week in the morning, on a Thursday morning at six, I do an hour with a PT, although it's a distance one at the moment, obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, it's a struggle to try and fit it all in. Um, it can be, I, I often run home from work. So trying to incorporate, you know, the, the running and the, the, the commuting at the same time. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard. My running has suffered, I must admit, because um, it just has. I'm always tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but and especially coming from the change in your working patterns, working um, for a large company and then working for yourself and not having that kind of structure anymore. How have you managed to kind of get around that? Like, I know it's kind of difficult and to kind of plan your days when you're kind of reacting to, to things. But um, how have you managed to work that out? Um, I suppose because 
I was a pharmaceutical rep, I used to organize my own diary anyway, so it was pretty unstructured. Um, and it's pretty unstructured now. I mean, I do get quite, if, something, if an order comes in, I want to deal with it straight away. And if a customer query comes in, I want to deal with it straight away, which frustrates the hell out of my husband, because at eight o'clock at night, I'm saying, I just got to go and answer this email. And he says, leave it till tomorrow. But I don't le like leaving things to tomorrow because then it gets forgotten. Once it drips off the, my email stream, it's gone. <laughs> so I, I, I always feel I'm at work, but I love it. <laughs> That's fair enough. And, and you, obviously you do your running to kind of help switch off, but keep that competitive side to you. What else do you do to switch off at the end of the day? Like, do you watch TV or what was it? Oh yeah, I love cooking, I love reading. Um, and yeah, we binge watch, we've watched way too much TV since lockdown because you can't go to the pub. So yeah, binge watch TV, films. <laughs> Is yeah. there anything in particular that you like watching? Any, any series that you're kind of in, into currently? Yeah, we've, um, what are we watching at the moment? Better Call Saul, which is getting a bit dull. Um, loved Breaking Bad, anything yeah. like that. Yeah, good, good um, drama. Nice yeah, we're watching an Italian one at the moment. It's quite good, called Zero Zero Zero. That's good. Yeah, Netflix. That's great. No, that's interesting. And um, just as a, as a question in terms of, I know you've, you've had a kind of really varied life up to the point when you started the brand, but what are some of the kind of sacrifices that you think you've had to make in order to, to get the brand to the point it is now? No salary for a year. Sorry? No salary for a year. Yeah, no salary for a year. <laughs> I have to come bring my begging bowl to my husband saying, I need to buy something. No. <laughs> yeah, no salary, although it's not been too bad. Um, it's a little bit frustrating that uh, I can't just go shopping, you know. Not that I was ever a massive shopper, but you can't be a massive shopper now. Before I'd say, oh, I want this, I'll just go and buy it. And now it's like, I've got to justify it, you know, because I haven't had a salary since we started the business, although I've just started taking one. Um, weekends aren't precious anymore because um, we do a lot of work at weekends with events, and that is really tiring, you know, because you're working Monday all the way through then Saturday, Sunday, and then you've got another week, and then it's preparing for the next event. So summers, um, that first year, was, we were always tired. Um, yeah, that sort of thing, really. And you can't just at the drop of a hat say, oh, let's go away for the weekend, because there's always an event to think about. It's things like that. And I don't have my evenings to myself anymore, because I'm always thinking, I must just go and check the, the emails or, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's fun. But I don't resent it because it's fun, but it does become wearing at times. I need a holiday now. <laughs> I need a holiday. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think everyone does right now. We can't really do much at this point in time. But... <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the kind of the privileges you think you've had in terms of doing this? Because obviously there's a negative side. You lose your weekends. You don't, you don't make a salary for a year or so. But what are some of the good things that have come out of this that you wouldn't have had if you hadn't done it? Meeting people. Um, at the at the big um, you know the, at the events and that you know um, meeting people like Paula Ratcliffe and uh, Anna McNuff you know she always comes and says hello to us now she's like oh it's Nancy Lady and gives me big hugs and yeah you recognize people like that recognize you right I don't know if you know Ben Smith 401 challenge you know he, he often comes and says hello it's you with the shorts and you know people like that recognize and we've made so many friends through the business as well you know, and the customers treat me like a friend, like at um, one of the shows. Well, they come over to me, Nikki, they throw their arms around me, and I'm going, who are you? <laughs> but it is such a lovely thing to be in. And I was um, at an event, it was, I was doing a half marathon, a nighttime one. And I was sitting there chatting to my friends, and my friend said to me, look at that girl over there. And she was nudging her friends and pointing at me. She came over and said, 
are you Nikki from Amnesty? And I went, yeah. She's, oh my God, I'm so excited to meet you. And then I meet her like a celebrity. And I'm like, I just sell leggings. But it's really quite nice. And people come and chat and that. And I've been invited, I'm a, an ambassador for the White Star Running. And that's been really lovely. They're getting to do all of their events and getting involved. I love that. That's really fun. And um, yeah, stuff like that. It's just, you know, doing stuff like people want to interview you for little podcasts or whatever. And I love it. I love, I love talking to people. I've been interviewed on the radio and, you know, seeing your stuff in magazines and newspapers. And you get such a buzz out of it. You're thinking, you know, this little tiny idea is exploding into this big thing that, you know, it's just so, so fun. It's such fun. I love it. Well, it. It sounds fantastic. Like it's almost like feeding your personality because you obviously come across like a really happy, personable person and, and the brand itself, the, the loudness of it is kind of, almost feeding that so it's kind of come at a good good time for you i imagine Happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> have you had any mentors or people that you've kind of looked up to in um more so in the the business world i suppose because obviously um that's what this podcast is kind of based around yeah so we've got professional business coaches and um i think that's a worthwhile investment hugely expensive um but we did you know we've never run our own business before and it's a massive investment you know we we do it we're taking it seriously as a business it's not a game and um i think if you're going to take it on and do it as a business a full-time business when you've got you know mortgages and you know things like that you need to you need coaches or someone to help you so we've got two business coaches that are based in California and uh, we met them through a business coaching weekend that we went to and that we signed up to. And um, we have a two hour long business coach development meeting every Wednesday night from seven o'clock till usually nine. And um, they set us tasks. So, oh my God, that, that also, we have a lot of homework that they give us every week. So at the moment we're trying to draw up all our SOPs um getting all the financial stuff straight in our heads with regard to stock um where we're spending our money yeah it's um very expensive I and mean, we they're costing us how much oh, a thousand a month. yeah about a thousand pounds a month um but if you're gonna think big play big you've got to spend big as well sadly um but it's been worthwhile because they've really helped us you know well think about this as a proper business a you know, business that's growing as opposed to a little hobby um yeah no, no that's interesting and i've got people i've spoke to in the past have, have mentioned the same thing as well hiring a business coach has helped them in their business to grow it from a point of what they thought it might be to, to what it is at this point in time so like well, how did you they all have a coach and runners have coaches you know so why not in business have a coach no, it makes complete sense. And especially if you adhere to what the coach says, the good things come, come of it, I suppose. But how did you, I know you mentioned you went on a, on a weekend, coaching weekend, but how did you get to the point in deciding that? Was it, I need, to, I need to invest in this? Or did you not know about it before you went on that call, on that uh, weekend, sorry? Didn't really, didn't even give business coaches a, call, a, a thought. Didn't even give it a thought. We just thought I'd bimble along and do it on, off our own backs um but it becomes very apparent when you you're mixing with entrepreneurs and business people mainly people with their own businesses and you're sitting in seminars and in group workshops they've all got business coaches and um we had we paid for i think three one-to-one sessions all day sessions with a business coach which was really really good um very expensive again but um you there's only so much you can do in an eight hour day you need 
to be fed regularly and to speak to your coaches regularly. Um, yeah, but it was something that when we first started out, we didn't really give a thought. Um, it's just, you know, right time, right place. yeah, right time, right place, I suppose. Do you yeah. think it's the, the accountability that you're getting out of it that you find interesting or is it the, the actual knowledge? Because I imagine at some point along the line, you're going to have enough knowledge yourselves to, to, do, to do something. Definitely accountability. I mean, um, we've had these, these coaches now full time, I suppose, since November. Yeah, yeah, about November yeah. time. And the stuff that they've made us think of and we thought, shit, <laughs> we're not doing that. And um, now, you know, because we speak to them every single week, we have our tasks to do. And it's not, you know, you will do this, you will do that. It's have you thought about this and uh, give it a try. And if it doesn't work, we try this, we try that. But it makes you try stuff and makes you pull your finger out and makes you do stuff. And we put so many more processes in place um, that will help us in the future. Because you said about, you know, do we want pe to employ people to help us? Well, absolutely. But we've got to write processes for them. It's not just, I'll come in, I'll show you how to pack these leggings because it's a, there's a bit more to it than that. Um, so it's like getting everything done, processed and tried and getting everything straight in the back office so that, you know, if, if say I broke my leg or ended up in hospital tomorrow, somebody can walk in, pick up a folder, and go, ah, exactly, da, 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 I need to do this, 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 and this. It's just so important that people don't think about it. No, it, it is something that sounds like it's really important and it is important for a business owner to do that kind of thing and be accountable. Um, yeah. what, what advice would you give to someone wanting to, I think, firstly, work with you guys and uh, secondly, start their own sport brand? What do you mean work with us guys? You mean as an employee? As an employee, yes. What, what kind of qualities would that person need to have in order for you to go, I want to work with them? Right, they've got to be easygoing. They've got to be happy. They've got to be prepared to wear our stuff. Preferably do a bit of running because, you know, they, they, if, someone, if a customer phones in, they need to know what they're talking about on the phone. And I think runners like to speak to runners or sports people. Um, we sell a lot of stuff to tennis players as well. Our, our sports are one of, actually one of our biggest sellers. And they're very popular with tennis, sort of squash, um, people like that. So they've got to be a little bit, well, hopefully a lot sporty or love sports. Um, Easy going, I'm completely scatty. You know, my desk is, you can't see my desk, but it's a complete mess. And that side where Alf is sitting, it's very tidy. So they're <laughs> gonna be able to put up with my um, scatty brain. And I, I start talking and I go off on tangents. They've gotta be able to cope with someone like me who's all over the place. Um, yeah, be flexible with their hours, like we might say to them, oh God, we've got a delivery coming in Wednesday. Can you come in for extra hours? Um, and um, yeah. We like just relax people. I think people that come and help us, they, they actually quite like coming and help us because they say it's so relaxed and laid back and we always have cake for them. <laughs> That's <laughs> a great bonus. Plenty of tea and cake. And would you, you know, someone going into launching their own brand, be prepared for sleepless nights and um, be prepared to spend a heck of a lot more money than you anticipated because my God, it's a leaky bucket. Yeah. Nice. I'll hope they're trying to help us plug that bucket left, right and centre. <laughs> like spending money <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah. that, that, that's, that's a good thing there and just as a kind of a final one, i've got some uh, some quick fire questions but just before that where do you see yourselves in 10 years time in every terms time of i get on an airplane i'm going to turn left for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd love that um yeah i think also you've got to have an ex exit plan i'm not getting any younger um i'd like to spend more time doing what i want to do as opposed to working 
So an exit plan would, I think you've got to start thinking about an exit plan. And that's something our coaches are always telling us, you know, you don't want to be working in your business forever and ever and ever. You need to think about, you know, are you going to sell it and take the money or I don't know. Yeah, definitely 10 years time. I'll be quite old then. So yeah, I'd like to be sort of a bit retired and enjoying myself. <laughs> when you say enjoying yourself, do you still mean doing your ultra marathons and your marathon? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, got too many in the bucket list still to do They've, everything's been drifted by blinking two years we're supposed to be going to Chile last September and now it's this year and it's probably going to be next year so to go run never mind right I've got some quick fire questions just to round up and um you've already answered one of them with regards to the tv show so I'll, I'll miss that one out but your favorite film oh oh god this is an embarrassing one you probably never even heard of it Jesus Christ Superstar and, and why do you like that film because I think Ted Neely in it is absolutely gorgeous. I love the music. I just think it's a great film. It's sort of that very hippie vibe. It's fantastic. Love it. Music's amazing. Brilliant. Okay. Um, Favourite shoe brand? Like, we're running shoe brand, sports shoe brand. Okay. Um, for road shoes, Newton. And for trail, I like the Ultra Timps. Sweet. Um, Favourite sport yourself? I know you've already said running, but... Um, let, let, let's kind of like think about other sports that to do, like to watch on TV, maybe. To watch? Oh God, I hate football. Oh my God, I hate football so much. Um, ooh. Oh, I don't mind watching rugby too much. I like watching athletics, um, yeah, the Olympics. Yeah, just general athletics. Um, anything athletics, track and field, I love to watch. Um, Ski Sunday, do they still have that on? I used to love watching the downhill skiing and all that. Yeah, that's good. Actually, watched it last Sunday. It was quite good. Um, how about your favourite? Um, I know you've already got a clothing brand, but your favourite clothing brand that you wore before you kind of started your own? No loyalty whatsoever. I used to go for in the shop and see right. That's nice and bright. I'll have that one. So, gosh, I used to like running in sports. So I used to get a brand from America called Running Skirts. Um, so I used to buy them. I know anything that was bright. I had no loyalty whatsoever. Um, favorite podcast or radio show? Oh gosh, I like Graham Norton on. He was on Radio Two on Virgin. Now I love him. Hilarious podcast. Don't really listen to them to be honest. I need to start. It's because no, I have to, be, have to get tech and download it on my phone. I'm not very good at that. <laughs> How about favorite book? Oh gosh, favorite book. Ooh, help me out. I love reading as well. Ooh. Okay, if you love reading, so what kind of books do you read? I like adventure and murders. And things like, um, when I was younger, I used to read a lot of Wilbur Smith, The African Adventures. And now I like things like Tess Gerritsen, um, any running books. Oh, I love running books. Uh, just finished, oh, what's that one I've just finished? Oh, oh it's um, a pre Preparation for Desert Ultras I've just finished a couple of days ago. Lisa Jackson, she writes a really good book, really funny. Um, do you read any books to do with uh, business or entrepreneurship or self-help, that sort of stuff? Yeah, I've got one called The Millionaire Mind, I think, by J.T. Fox. That's a very good one. Um, Seven Habits, that's pretty good. Steve Covey, you know, the usual ones. Mm. Yeah, but I'll read motivational books as well. That's good. All right, that's, that's it for today. Thank you so much for, for coming on, and it's been really, really nice to talk to you. And you. Brilliant. Nice to meet you. For more information on Flancy, check out their website, flancyactivewear.co.uk. For more information about Nikki, check out her Instagram at 
Nikki loves to run far. And that's it for this episode of the On Your Marks podcast. If you'd like more information on GW Active, check out gwactive.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you join us again soon.